Okay, Shavuot Tov everyone, good morning, thanks for coming. We've been two weeks, I think two weeks, no, three weeks since we actually learned inside the Sefer. Last week there wasn't Shir. Two weeks ago what we did is we spent time in trying to understand a little bit more in depth what was going on. What happened with the Yerida? How was the Yerida, how was the descent possible to take place during Bait Rishon, during the first temple? And I want to just... If for a second, go back to something we were, we, were thinking, we, were, we were discussing when we were learning it inside the Sefer, and it would be a great place to kind of go, go right back into the Sefer. For now, you can open up on page Mem Gimel, okay? We're skipping a little bit, but I'm going to try to uh, just paint the picture a little bit. One of the things we spoke about, which was quite startling, obviously, the imagery of that going into Galut is like going into a kever, it's like going into a, going into a grave, <laughs> That Galut is a graveyard. That's what we were speaking about. Coming out of Galut is the beginning process of coming out of a graveyard. We're going to speak about that a little bit later in the Sefer, in terms of uh, what, what, what's the avoda of like, once you come out of a graveyard, out of a cemetery. What we're going to be seeing today is uh, explaining to us the following, the following inyan. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. What we're going to be seeing today is probably going to help us understand the following question. If we spend 2,000 years in a grave, how in the world does anyone stay alive if they're 2,000 years in a grave? And to what extent of life was, was there really if it was so deep into a grave? How could it be? So, one of the statements that I know, at least for myself, that I really had a hard time with growing up was the following statement, that from the day that Hashem destroyed the Beit HaMikdash, Have you heard that statement before? You ever heard that statement before? That all really that we have as a remnant of what was, from the time of the destruction of the Temple, are the Dalet Amot of Halacha. That just, that basically means Halacha. The only thing we have, in order if you want to hold on to anything truth in the world, is the halacha. Now, for a person that sees the world a little bit, and sees a lot of beauty in the world, and tastes a lot of different, you know, beautiful things about the world, just the beauty of the world, that statement sometimes seems a little bit choking, and I want to explain a little bit. When, at least personally for me, there are many people from, that I saw growing up, once I was sensing that there's got to be more to whatever it is I saw in front of my eyes, I would come across a bunch of different beautiful, wonderful people that really had a, they had a sparkle in their eye and love in their heart, and a sincere, is this for today? It's perfect, I'll, I'll do it in a second. Thank you. And a, and a sincere desire to make the world more beautiful. And it seems that I can't really say... These people are the the example of those that are walking around carrying the torch of Dalet Amot Shel Halacha. Are you following me yet? And I'm, I'm trying not to get too... <laughs> you get me? <laughs> and then there are those that definitely were holding up the flag of the Dalet Amot Shel Halacha and my mind and heart is saying, if this is the remnant of the Beis HaMikdash, I don't know why I'm davening for this three times a day. 
You're still here. You're still sitting here. Yeah. So what yeah. bothered me was the word Dalad Figure of speech. It, it, don't don't get too involved in it. No, it just means halacha, right? It just halacha. You take it whatever you want right. to take it to whatever you want to mean it. But so again, there, there is this phrase we have in the Gemara. The, it's all over the place that from the day that the base of Mikdash was destroyed, all we really have to hold on to is the Dalad Amochel halacha. Now, you're going to think that basically this is all a prep to tell you how that's not true. It's true. It's the most true in the world, but we have to understand what that statement means. Because again, I, I was thinking about this last night. Someone sent me footage from um, an area I used to hang out with in Los, in, in Los Angeles um, in the, like the late 90s. And I met all, this, all these interesting people out there, Mamash, and, and such beautiful people. And again, those are the people that actually really opened my heart in a very profound way to, to love, to grow, to, to actually push me to get deeper into Yiddishkeit, not consciously. And it wasn't, that, that wasn't the chevra that was like, with the, with, they were raising the flag of halacha in the world. Now, we, what we're, we're going to try to understand today is how did we stay alive all those thousands of years, and how are we still receiving life today where it seems like without a Beit HaMikdash, what, what is keeping us alive? What has kept us alive, and what is keeping us alive? I'm going to go off the... I'm sorry, I, I am going to do this now. Just the, the sponsorships for the month of Adar, the Aaron family, the, the Avram family, the Brook family, the Eisen family, anonymously for the Refuah Shleim of Al Chol Yisrael, and I said this last week also, it was very emotional to hear this, in honor of a miracle that saved the life of a member of Shirat David. Today's daily sponsorship is by uh, Rachel and Avi Abelo, in memory of Rachel's Ima, Golda Matl Bat Baruch Binyamin Zichron Livracha. 35th Yorzeit. 35th Neshama Shavan Aliyah, and the Neshama receives eternal Nachas. Nachas is something that's not physical bound, it's forever should always feel that you and your beautiful family and your son who's joining Tzva Haganah Israel this week is your second, right? Itai should be a mamash, it should bring tremendous nachas to your ima forever. This week, the whole week, the sponsorship is by Ashira and Tzvi Edelman in memory of Tzvi's father, Asher ben Esther Pesach, uh, Esther ben Pesach, and in honor of their son Uriel, who's also being, uh, getting drafted this week and going into the army. And Helene and David Brenner in memory of David's father, Yitzchak ben Nachman, Whose yard site is on the 28th of Adar. Okay. So, right now, if everyone could open up to page Mem Gimel. Mem, if you have the safer Mem, Mem Gimel. Are there any extra ones here? Uh-huh, they're all taken. We have to order more. We have to buy more Aspara. So again, what we're going back to right now is trying to understand how it was possible to stay alive. How was it possible to stay alive all those years? And remember everything we said up leading until now, but what we're going to hopefully try to do is extract the reason, the understanding of what kept us alive, and Be'emes Baptimius, what's still keeping us alive as well. So you see over here, Haroshem, Mikola Madregot Shenotar Bagalut. 
the imprint from all of our levels that we lost with the Churban Abayit that remained with us in the Galut. <coughs> so it's brought down in the Holy Svarim, Shafil Bakever, even in the grave, Nimshechet Chiyut Al Ha'evarim. There is some type of life force, some type of liveliness, which remains on the limbs. That's one of the reasons why, you know, a kever is, is a place where you go and daven by the, by, 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 why, why do we daven by kvarim? Because there's some element of chiyut that corresponds, I'm not going to get too involved in this right now, but that corresponds to this level of nefesh in the soul that forever remains hovering over the bones of a person, the body of a person. Just in a nutshell. How many different levels of soul are there? Are there five, right? Nefesh, ruach, neshama, chaya, yechida. Nefesh, it seems to be, is the lowest level. It's the, it's the level that's closest to, to this world. And nefesh, that energy, that chiyut, is still there on the evarim, on the, on the bones, on the actual body of a person. And the more a person refined themselves in, while they were here in this world the stronger the soul energy is on a physical manner on an actual graveyard, on actual, in an actual grave. Go to a person that completely sanctified their physical body in this world, and perhaps they were connected to the highest form of soul while they were in this world. So their body, first of all, regarding to be intact, they're not intact, I'm not going into that, but their body became, a, they completely sanctified their body. Their body was completely kadosh. That's why there's a machloket in the poskim whether there's tumah by kivrei tzaddikim or not, because if, if someone completely refined their body, that means it never chalila even spiritually rots. It's always it's it's it's, it's always holy, right? So it, 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 it's it's very interesting when you see in the svarim whether regarding kivrei tzaddikim or not, the union of tumah or not. But for now, he says like this: even in the grave. And remember, Am Yisrael was in a grave. 2,000 years of Galut is a grave. To connect this body, this physical body, to the soul that's up in the higher worlds. This little bit of chiyut preserves the body so that when Tchiyat HaMetim ha- will happen, and it's one of the Yud Gimel Ikarim of Emunah, the body will be able to be resurrected. Okay? Soon we're going to talk about the soul of Am Yisrael being resurrected. Let's, don't worry, how is it going to be when a Mashiach comes, will be Tchiyat HaMetim. What about even right now? A Tchiyat HaMetim of Am Yisrael. We're already born into a world that we're already in the Tchiyat HaMetim of Am Yisrael. But 80 years ago, learning these words, you, it would be like, it's, it's just as impossible for there to be a tchiat amitim for the neshama of Am Yisrael, like it would be for a body to just get out of a grave and start, and start standing up. You know, to me, the most, I think the most um, mesmerizing years in our current modern history are probably, it's probably 1946, 1947, 1948. If I had to really think about it. How on earth could it, how in the world, how in the world was there a Tchiyat And yes, it was a, a, on a smaller level, 
But how was it possible? How could it have been? This Tchiat HaMetim that Am Yisrael really began to experience in those years, 1946, 1947, 1948. If you want to talk about a graveyard, if we're talking about graves, being in a grave, Galut HaMoach, Galut HaLev, Galut HaDat, Galut HaGuf, how in the world was there a Tchiat HaMetim that took place in those years? So we're going to be speaking about these things and we're going to understand how it's been possible until now and how it will continue to be possible. Third line, In the same line of life, of life in, the, in the grave, This is a Kabbalistic concept, which means, it, it, it alludes to this fine, fine line, this tiny ounce of life that's even in a bone, in an etzem. Tamun be'ofen garini ve'ne'elam. There is a tremendous, tremendous koach in a, he calls it in a gari'ini type of a way. What's a gari'ini type of way? Huh? Like a nucleus, yeah, like a seed. Me'en gari'in shel etz, like a seed of a, of a tree. Shemikocho, from the strength of this little gari'in, yashuv akol ve'itzmach mi'chadash. Everything will be restored and will be Yitzmach uh, Michadash will begin to grow again. Everything will be restored, and everything will, be, will, will, will start growing again, even though when you look at the body, it looks like it's rotting. And when we looked at the body of Am Yisrael, it looked like it was rotting. Sometimes, you know what could do that to a person? They're rotting. Sometimes a nigun, a real strong nigun, a real powerful nigun, could do exactly that. You're rotting away. You're just at the end of all ends. Then comes a nigun, and you can't explain it. You're like, oh my God, what happened over here? Well, it's not that there was nothing in you. There's a garin in you. There's a tiny seed. There's something really tiny. And that's, that basically got activated. And that's what then brought, brought forth the rest of your hit or the rest of your awakening. Sometimes I have a friend from Los Angeles. She said she was on a Back, back in the uh, mid-90s, Rabbi David Aaron and Rabbi Benny Friedman were, remember, remember Israelite. Israelite was really the, like, you know, Israelite. It's the most, one of the most incredible things that uh, Am Yisrael were privileged to. She said she came on an Israelite retreat here in Eretz Yisrael. I have a lot of Akar Satov. The first retreat I was ever privileged to teach on was an Israelite retreat in Orlando. And I, I saw, I had the privilege of like spending some time with Rabbi Aaron and, and Rav Benny, who, who mamish migdalois, like mamish light towers in Am Yisrael. So this woman said, um, she said that she was, didn't, and never felt anything Jewish. She has no idea why she even went on that trip. She walked by a shul that the door was open in the old city on a Friday night. She heard one nigun. She started crying hysterically. She couldn't understand it. She couldn't explain it. Her family was in a spiritual graveyard for five, six generations. Like, mom is one of the you know, pre-Shoah assimilated type of families. Mamash, nothing. All she knew was that she was a Jew. She walks by the shul. The door is open. She hears a nigun. Can't stop crying. She's been on a beautiful path of Yiddishkeit. This was 27, 20, 30 years ago already. Close to 30 years ago. How? 
Because even when in status of a kever, the garin is always there. The garin is never leaves, ever. Asher al ken, second paragraph. Afal pishebagalut haya miut ayom venora leuma. Even though, like we explained, we became so small in galut, that malchut, that peer, that glory. That thing that made us beautiful as Am Yisrael living in Eretz Yisrael with Malchut, Malchut Hashem in our lives. And we lost all this, all of it. Kimat all of it. V'nishara Knesset Yisrael rakein nekuda ze'ira ve'ze'uma. And all that was left of us was just a tiny dot of a remnant of something. And by the way, what we're saying now is described like thoroughly throughout if you're really learning on Tisha of what, what, we're, what we're saying, the keynote and learning Yirmiyahu and Avi, it's described, you know, Hishlich mishamayim, what's the passage? Hishlich mishamayim eretz tiferet Israel. the tiferet, the glory of what made us beautiful was chucked. Be'emet nekuda zo mekapelet bekirba roshem venitzotz this, this seed point contains within it, it's a tiny seed, but it contains within it everything that was lost. Everything that was lost. What is a, what's the DNA when you check a DNA? What does it contain within it? All the genetic information of the whole body. That's what a, uh, how would you call a... Uh, a piece of DNA. Like what, what's the ref? What's the term? A molecule, right? It has within it the whole. What's that? Amino acid. It's a chain of amino acids. For what it's worth, but it's. You, you know. Nachon. I'll take your word. It's it's the whole, right? It has the whole. But that's what we, that's what we eat. Mamash, mamash. So he's saying that same inyan, like a DNA, can take you, like a freya, retroactively. All, you know, back all these cycles, and God knows what you went through. This nekuda of chiyut, this nekuda of still being alive. Even when a German is shooting my mother, God forbid, in, in the head in front of me, which is something that happened, okay? It's just... Gotta say it. <laughs> Happened. Even when I had every reason to say it's over, there is something that was placed in me that I could never, ever really, fully, truly ignore till today. Okay? <laughs> so to the nation in exile, it's the same exact thing. It's a contraction. Shehu rikuz, it's a concentration and a kivutz, uh, a shrinkage of kol hakochot lenekuda ze'ira, of all who made us beautiful and strong to a tiny little nekuda, shenotra bekirbenu bechol meshech galut, that lasted within us all the days of our being in exile. Do you know how many people wished that this wasn't true? Because then they could finally just let go of everything. It drives them crazy that this is truth. They wish it wasn't true. Sometimes we wish it wasn't true, you know? And a very, each person in their own, we wish, like, 
Why can't I just not feel guilty? Why can't I just not feel a certain sense of commitment to something that I don't connect to? But it's there. It's always been there. It'll always be there. It was always there all these years in the Galut, and it'll always be there, Ad Biad Gold Tzedek, and even afterwards. It's just going to get not shrunk, and it'll be more Bagalui. But you see people, and you, you wonder, like, Bemet, like, how in the world is it that after everything they've been through, they still haven't, like, been able to fully say, this has nothing to do with me in my life. And then you meet people that say that at a certain stage in life, and then just follow today's, uh, today's like Chabad Twitter feeds, and you see they're pulling these guys out and putting a tefillin on them. People that swore they'd never put on tefillin before, ever, you know, and it's there. I had a little bit of an experience like this. I may have shared with you many years ago, when I was working in the hospital in, in Los Angeles, in Cedar sinai one guy, his name was Abe, the job again was to go and visit the newly admitted Jewish patients in the hospitals. And just to come in and say, I, I'm, I'm, I work in the, what was it called? The, cl- uh, chaplaincy. the chaplaincy, right, the chaplaincy. And uh, I'm here to just see what you, know, what, what you need and if I could help with anything. Most people were pretty nice. I mean, it's, it's, it's a nice thing to be offered, right? <coughs> Especially when you're in a vulnerable state. Um, in fact, one of the most beautiful, I'm very, very meragesh to say this here, this shul is called Shira David. Shira was from Shira David, Shira Abramson. So her mother was a woman named Sylvia Mayer. And I didn't know who she was, but I started visiting this newly Jewish ad, uh, admitted patient named Sylvia Mayer. And I started spending time with her, and she was so lovely and so sweet and very ill, mamash ill. And then one day, she said to me, do you, she kind of whispered, do you by any chance have you know anyone in Israel? I think that by then they were, they were still living in Gilo. The family was living in Gilo, Harpo and his wife. And it, I, she told me it was her, her, her son-in-law was Harpo, David, Shirad David. And her daughter was Shira. And all the, these stories would happen all the time. And I benched Lulav and Ezra with her a few days, I think it was a few days before she died, together with her son that was next to her. These experiences were happening all the time, and they were always very emotional and beautiful and completely messed me up, like, big time. Because you're not supposed to do that when you're 18. But it was, whatever, that was life then. One person wasn't nice at all. This guy, Abe. I, I could not believe the chutzpah this guy had, that when I came in and while I was speaking, saying, hi, my name is Shlomo, I'm coming from the chaplain's office, he used mo- not only every four-letter word I knew, even words I never heard before, <laughs> telling me to get out of here. So I, you don't, but a person's in a bad state, physically, mentally, you don't start like, you know, convincing them they should accept goodness and love. You just let them be. So, didn't go back, but the thing is, he kept on getting readmitted, and I kept on forgetting this, that this is the guy that told me to leave. So this happened a few times, and then a few months later, when I came back again and I forgot again, he said, he basically used a bunch of four-letter words, but then he said, get in here, as opposed to get out of here. So I was very nervous, but the guy never had anyone next to him. And I went in, and he told me, he described to me, Almost to a T, every Avera he's done since he's like 13. 
it was did horrible things and things I don't wish on anyone. And then he said, now come back tomorrow for, 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 vol, for volume two or whatever he said, right? So I came back again the next day and he said to me, Solomon is what he called me. He said, Solomon, listen. Do you know when I decided to try to do every bad thing I, I could have ever done? He said, I'll tell you. I was, uh, I was in, the, in the army in World War II, the American army. And I don't know why, I didn't grow up Jewish, religious, nothing, but I knew, I mean, my name's Abe, I forget, I forget the last name exactly, a Jewish name, I, all I knew is that a Jew goes to shul on Yom Kippur, a Jew goes to synagogue on Yom Kippur. I just come, I think he said, I just came back from the Pacific jungle, and I saw what no human being should ever see, and I don't know, my heart was open, and I walked into one of these synagogues in Beverly Hills, to come and speak to the Lord for the first time in my life. And as I was entering the synagogue, an usher stopped me and asked me, where's your ticket? Right? Where's your ticket? Because, you know, if you don't have a ticket, you can't walk into the synagogue, right? That's what a lot of synagogues were like back in the day. I don't know if it's still like that today. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Really? Without a ticket, you can't go into a synagogue? Some will keep a row in the back, but generally, yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. So the per- he said to him, he said to the usher, "Where's my ticket?" And he like he pulled out like his arm that was all gunned down and shot, right? And the guy said, "No, no, no. no. Where's your ticket?" And he, like he basically cursed the guy out. That was nineteen. What was that? Nineteen forty. Uh, when was when was that? When was the when was that war? The end of that war. Whatever it was, it was like 50, 40 years later. And he said to me, since that day, I left everything and tried to do every Avera that I could. So I said to him, well, why did you try to do every Avera if you don't believe in God? That's not an Avera. And that began a huge conversation. We became very good friends. He even got me, this is not good, he convinced me one time to check him out, to get him out of the hospital and drive him home. That was not smart. He was checked back in by a, a, the one daughter that still talked to him, and she had a mouthful for me. She, I was 19, 18, I didn't know. I thought it was, it was a bit like a chassidish tale, like rescuing, rescuing like the lost princess or something. You know? <laughs> you know? And... I'll never forget, he lived, if, you know, L.A., he lived, like, by Martel and Beverly Boulevard, close to, like, the shul we grew up. My father was L'Chazan when I was a little kid. But I'm thinking about him right now because, like, he, even he couldn't explain to himself the garin, the seed, that was in him. It doesn't, it's not logical. It doesn't make any sense. This is not a person that once used to have Shabbos, then he had a bad experience, and then he left. He never had any of it. But there was something still so deep down inside that he couldn't explain it. He was living in a total cemetery. Very sad story. He, he, was ch- he, he got checked in again the, the, a few days later, and I was, I was like, okay, we're going to continue this, this conversation. Uh, his bed was empty because he died. He died. These things would happen a lot. That's why I'm saying it would, it would totally... It was a very, very... <clears throat> It was a very, 
intense time in life. What I would do whenever someone that I went to go visit was not there anymore because they died, I ran down to 4E. 4E is the fourth floor on the East Tower, which is maternity. And I would just walk around <laughs> babies. I was just like, you know, I just like, okay, that was that. But you'd, you'd, you'd meet a lot of these type of people. You really would. You'd meet a lot of these type of people that it didn't make any, they couldn't explain it to themselves. And even though, like, we're so accustomed to living in this reality, it doesn't make sense either. This doesn't make sense. The fact that after all these thousands of years, we actually are really back experiencing somewhat of a tchiat ametim, of a resurrection of the dead, it's because of this garin, this seed, that lasted, that lasts within, uh, actually on a physical body, on an f- actual physical body, what's called hevle dagarme, like we saw, which will enable the resurrection of the dead, which has already activated the resurrection of the dead. If you look at the words, it says, it's not think of like a concentrate. Yeah. Right? So when you yeah. use concentrate, it only takes like a little water to give you, like a drop, to give you a flavor. So Nahum. if we all have that concentrate, it just takes that one drop. Nahum. And it's there. It's still there. It always was and, it's, and it always <coughs> will be. Lachen, bottom paragraph. It's true. Don't get confused. Just because we had that seed, it didn't mean we were like, we looked like we used to look, or acted like we used to act, or experienced love and light like we used to in the time of the Beit HaMikdash. We didn't. We lost all those atarot elyonot. That means, you know, higher, exalted crowns. Mikol makom, an imprint of all the beauty that, would, that, that Am Yisrael lived with, there's an imprint of it in that nekuda. Now again, when you get lost in the world of a nigun, you feel absolutely majestically beautiful. You feel beautiful. You act beautiful for a few moments. The world looks beautiful. And it's because some in Hasidut they explain that a nigun is harping on that exact nikuda, that garin, that garin, that exact thing. That's exactly what it's what it's what it's touching upon, activating it and living it. And therefore, the ultimate thing is that our life should be a nigun. again, to, to live your life as a nigun is basically taking the imprint that was contracted into like this imprint, activating it, and living it. Not only while you're singing at a kumzitz. You understand? It's not just, you don't have to sing all day long. Some people, their life is like a nigam. It's because this nakuda in them that never, never vanished because it's impossible is activated. Third line. Ki hakdusha osa roshem she'eno mistalek le'olam. This is an important line. Hakdusha osa roshem. Holiness makes an imprint. Holiness does something. Holiness makes an imprint that never, ever leaves. Ever. There are people that have, have profound impacts on my life. That when you look at them today, or you look at them before they died, you'd wonder, why in the world did this person have an impact on your life? That's because at a certain point in their life, they were very much plugged in and tuned into Kedusha. That 
time in their life had a profound impact on me. The fact that they then not, not became evil criminals, and I'm just saying that this just wasn't their way of life, necessarily. The Kedusha has an imprint that never, it, it, it never goes away. It's always there. I'm sure many of us have people like this in our lives. Kedusha makes an impact. It has an imprint that never goes away. Alken. Betoch otan nekuda, in that nekuda, meir nitzotz dak. Mikol ha-ma'alot ha-atzumot shayu l'Yisrael betifartam. Vegam bagalut hen he'iru b'me'en shvil dak v'zaum. Bekavim dakim, ke'en tagim al rashay ha-otiyot. I'll explain all this in a second. Upa'alu l'hashir b'Yisrael et ha-roshem v'ha-shayachut למדרגות העליונות שלהם, כדי שעל ידי כך ישובו אליהם. He's saying, do you know what these, what, 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 we're, what we're speaking about, this whole shir, what we're speaking about, what was left, it created a certain, it paved a certain path. Whether we wanted it or not, it paved a certain path for us to always know there's always a path back to whatever it is, whoever we, we were, so that we could always, whenever a Yid says, I want to come back home, spiritually for 2,000 years, because for 2,000 years it wasn't, but spiritually speaking, there was a path. You had to really, really, really block out the whole world in order to do this. You had to ignore everything that was in front of you, because in front of you was either a gunshot or God knows what. And, but, and to, in order to feel the imprint again, there was a path that was paved by, these, by this light, and now, Bichlal, the path is a very, very, very big path that's very much clear to us. If the imprint of Kedusha was completely became invisible, no one could ever come back. No one would ever find their way back. No one would ever believe that God is interested in them ever again. Ever. Now, I know people feel like that sometimes, usually doesn't last for too long. You just got to breathe really deeply, and then you, you, you can get through it. But in the emet la'amito, even though you and I have had moments where we feel Hashem legamre forgot about us, no matter what way we're looking, what direction we're looking, be'emet la'amito, in the truth of all truths, it, it's never, ever been fully blocked away, ever. And the revelation of 1948 was just basically a... a, a a totza'ah of 2,000 years of a garin on a physical level. Again, we still haven't discussed coming back on a spiritual level, but definitely on a physical level. Davka genizatan, second to bottom line, Davka genizatan betsura atzuma v'neelemet chakeka et nochechutan bekirbeinu verishuman pa'al be'omek ruchinu v'nishmatenu לדחוק בנו בכל גלגולי הגלות ולהכשיר אותנו לחידושן והופעתן בגאולה השלמה שתבוא באחרית הימים. So Rav Sasson is saying something really special here. He says, דווקא the fact that this seed has been concealed in such a profound way, when something is concealed that much, it means it's really deeply engraved inside of you it's so deeply engraved inside of you that you don't even see it because it's mitachat lipnei ha-shetach. 
The fact that it's been so concealed, just meaning, again, what's been concealed? Who we are, what we look like when we're on, how we act, how we love, how we talk about Hashem. That has been so concealed for so many years because it's been, you know, when you really want to hide something well, where do you store it? (laughs) You store it in a place that no one would ever look for. So shmutz. It's the same reason why Rivka sends Yaakov when he's run, when she wants him to run away from Esav. Where does he? Where does she send him to? Lavan, the Shmutz of all Shmutz. Why? Because it's the last place that Esav's going to look for him there. He says, "Well, I know my brother. He's going to go to shuls. He's going to go to. He's not going to go there. I know what goes on over there. Right? That's in my DNA too. I know what goes on over there. It's the same exact thing. This light." This and this and Hasidus comes and says, that's why what we're trying to do now is to lift the sparks where? In the places they were concealed. Where were they concealed? In the darkest places in the world, because no one would ever look for them there. But Dafka, it's those places that we can go back, reconnect to it, and find our path, begin our path back way home. And he says the lashon that he uses here is very interesting. On the, on the next page, that means to prepare ourselves for the Chiddush that it's going to play in our life and how it's going to appear with the Geula Ha'Shlema when the Geula Shlema comes what we're doing in this year is that I don't want any of us to be shocked that it's A, going to happen B, who's going to show up at the table and what part of us is going to show up at the table as well this is a hachshara. Hachshara is not a word just for kibbutz, where you go to hachshara on kibbutz, right? Pia Nebi already has the say for hachshara ta'avrichim. What's, 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 what is hachshara? What does it mean? Training program. Training. Preparation. This is training us to live with a geula mindset. That's what this is. So up, in, up, now, up until now in this year, what are we speaking about? We're speaking about the fact, how could it be that we didn't get totally lost? How could it be that it didn't get totally lost? You know, when when you plant a seed into the ground, and it's about to, you know, begin its process of producing what will then become a massive tree, it is so easy to give up on the thought that there'll ever be a tree coming out of here. Why? Because where do you put it? It's in dirt, and it gets disintegrated into dirt. This seed that we left Yerushalayim with was planted in the dirt of the dirt, of the dirt of the dirt. A Jew was kind of sensitive to it on a certain level. The non-Jew, all he saw was dirt. All he saw was complete destruction and a churban. So he said, let's just finish it off once and for all. It's already there. It's dead anyway. It's like we're in the kever. Let's just close the coffin, like nail it Put it all the way down inside. A geula mindset is that that's not the story at all of Galut. That's not what happened. It's true. It felt like a graveyard. With it, though, we had that garim in our physical bones. No matter what anyone told us, and no matter what the illusion of the world was, you know, making us feel. And at times it was pretty intense, and it still is pretty intense. What? Sorry. What time is it? Okay. Now, 
How could it be that in the Galut we found Rashi? We saw even Ezra. How could it be we had Tzadikim Balei Ruach HaKodesh? If it was so, 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 so bad. Shehu nitzot ze'ir me'or ha'nevuah. They were a little bit of a spark of the light of prophecy. She'af she'lo ha'ita nevuah. Okay, there wasn't prophecy. Ve'en chazon nifrat. Hine me'at min ha'me'at. Sarid roshem midavar gadol. A remnant of a big thing. He'ir ba'tzadikim shel b'Yisrael. Was shining into the tzadikim of Am Yisrael. Venatan bahem ruach ha'kodesh mile'ela. And it provided them from above with Ruach HaKodesh. V'chen ayu ba'am Yisrael nitzotzot v'giluei chayim mikol otan ha'bchinot sh'ayu banu biyotenu ba'artzenu u'bishlemutenu. There was also in Am Yisrael sparks of the revelation of life from all the aspects that we once had when we were living in Eretz Yisrael. We had Beit HaMikdash, we had Yerushalayim v'chulei. We had it all, right? Once upon a time, Throughout the years, every so often, there'd be someone who seemed that they were like untouched by the dirt. It seemed like they were untouched by the dirt. Let's give other examples. Who else over the 2,000 years of Galut seemed like, it's just like amazing, like they actually had access to what we once had? Rebbe Melech Alijansk is a pretty good example. The Baal Shem Tov. It's okay. In every generation, there was somebody... A hundred percent. Rabbi Yosef, the Arizal, Rabbi Yosef Karo. I mean, we, we, we know this to be fact. It was there. There was these, these light that still existed no matter where, where we were going. Omnamari shuman hazair bagalut Okay. The impression they made, as beautiful as it was, was still nothing compared to what was going on in the base of Migdash. Now that's pretty amazing. As much as Rashi brought light to Am Yisrael, he's saying over here, it's nothing in comparison to the amount of revealed light and love that took place in the Beis HaMikdash. He's basically saying, Shabbos by the Baal Shem Tov, as high and as miraculous and as exalted as it must have been, is just a remnant from what it was in Beis HaMikdash. So I want to say further, and this is going to be hard for some people, okay? Getting high on Friday night at the Kotel, at the Kotel, is nothing in comparison to one second of being in a world with the Beis HaMikdash. Nothing. Like you take your most, take whatever for you means like, oh, this is the brightest light it could be. It's nothing. It's just a rishima. It's just a sarid. Shevaday en ledamot et giluye ha-gvura b'meshech ha-galut el giluye ha-gvura shayu b'Yisrael betokpam u-gvuratam. Now he says something even, even more intense. We have all these stories about Jewish heroes over the last 2,000 years. And we talk about their heroism. He says, you know what? Compare the heroism of the last 2,000 years to the gvura of Look at this, Kmo Gvurat Yosef Yehuda, Gvurat David Amelech, Yoav Ben We used to mamish have Jewish heroes. We have we have I don't I see it's very hard for me to to, to say these things because the hero that you know escaped the, the, the Warsaw ghetto is, is 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 the greatest hero in the world. And yet though, in comparison to the Midah of Gvura, 
of being a gibor, like we were in the time of the Beit Hamikdash, is is nothing, but it's still a little bit there. Hema giborim asher meolam adirei koach elyonim vaatzomim u'mikol makom notar meat roshem zayir midavar ze kedei shemikocho yachzor adavar kulo b'shlemuto liYisrael. He's saying eventually it'll all us being giborim will fully be restored to Am Yisrael in the schut of our access to the garin of Gvura that we've had all these years. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel like Am Yisrael is plugged into the Midah of Gvura today? Or do you need to first, under, do you need a definition for the Midah of, <coughs> of Gvura? Did I lose everybody? The Midah of Gvura. What does it mean to be a Gibor? What does it mean to be a hero? You tell me, what does it mean to be a hero? Huh? What'd you say? Strong. Strong. Is Am Yisrael strong today? What do you think? Yeah? Yes, today I would say no. We're so divided that we're so weak. Right. Right, but the type of strength that we're speaking about is not because we don't have a choice. This is the difference. That's what I want. That's why I was asking what I was asking. You're right, Dvora. We're strong because we have no choice. That's, but that's still Galut strength. Back, that's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, without a doubt. But still, right, this type of strength we're speaking about is not a Galut result of uh, strength that's you know, basically a, a reaction to Galut. It's not running from strength. It's, it's not, not running from, Bidiok. It's not running from strength. And listen, I mean, this is a cheshbon that many of us ask. Okay, you want you want us to be strong? What else do you need? You know, what else do you need for to, to show you how strong we are? Look, look at us. So it's true. There's probably more strength on a galut mentality than there's ever been. What this book here is coming to show us is that that was enough to get you out of physical galut. But spiritual galut is a much deeper concept and it doesn't have to do with running away from anything. It doesn't have to do about being strong in reaction to someone standing over you with a knife, God forbid. It's a different type of thing. It's just basically really being one with what makes you a Jew, the DNA of what makes Am Yisrael, Am Yisrael. And anyone that has a taina from Chutzlar, it's talking about Israel. Have we had a second to catch our breath here to just be heroes that are because everything you know, heroism that's emanating from a you know a calm society. Who? When, when, when have we had a chance since we came back here? Have we had a chance to actually become heroes the way that he's speaking about it here? Not yet, but the gvura that we're so tapped into that our chayalim are tapped into. Where does it come from? It's this DNA. It's this garin that eventually, when we become full, complete heroes, it's in the schut of those that tapped into gvura, even the type of gvura that we're talking about, which is like galut type of gvura. Okay? That, that's what we're trying to show in this shir. But this shir is a hachshara, it's a preparing us that there's going to be something much bigger, much greater, in, the, in terms of how it, what it's going to feel like to be a hero.
much, much greater. Most people get really high off coming, coming back from a Havgana. Right? That, that's not what it's going to be in the future. Like when I go and rally for something I believe in, then I feel I'm plugged into something. I don't... You know what I mean? I know what's going to be when I'm actually internally in touch with what is going on inside here. No rally, as big as it is, will ever come close to making me feel as strong than when I'm really one in a peaceful way with what it means to be a Jew. Simple. Not, not as a result of anything, not as reaction to anything, but just by being, by being me in the most real Pashut way. So, uh, the rest of this paragraph, just because we have to end now, the rest of this paragraph is basically explaining to us that uh, everything he said until now, these Rishamim, all these imprints, all these things, are basically, they paved the way for something to happen. Basically, in a large scale, in 1948, which most of us are basically results of what began in 1948, in terms of that we're back the chulei, but if you look, if you turn the next page, memvav, what we're going to be starting next week is yala. The Ibanu must speak al galut. We talked enough about galut, but he said, he said clearly, like when we started this, he says, you need to understand galut in order to be geula. You need to understand galut in order to be redemption. And I think that we've, we've explained, to a certain extent, we've explained who we once were. We explained to a certain degree what we lost, who we were. We gave imagery of being in our own graves. I mean, this is pretty intense. How Galut's a graveyard. And now we explained how did we still stay alive in Galut. And now he's going to say, okay, so now you got a little bit of a picture of, you know, everything until now, אבל עכשיו הגיע הזמן לחיות חיים של גאולה. And I have to say the following thing. We have not... This we haven't even touched yet. With all the beauty that's going on in Eretz Yisrael, גאולה consciousness. ממש גאולה consciousness. Because we're so startled by anyone that opens up like a גאולה workshop, redemption workshop... We're always like freaked out by people like that. Like, oh, they're the, they're the wackos. They just, you know, we want to be mainstream. It's got to sound normal. Got to sound straight. Don't freak out your kids. What are we doing here unless we are opening up our horizons to living a life of geula? And that's where this book really starts from. Lehit romem. To raise, to rise up. El merchavei ha-geula. Merchav? Merchav means? Sorry? Geula space. Geula space. Geula space. Geula space. Okay, we'll, we'll stop here. Continue next week. Bezrat Hashem.